welcome to the podcast, The Caring Scientist, Mission Sustainable. This is the podcast where we discuss sustainability in science and we give you hands-on tips on how you can reduce the environmental impact of your lab work. Welcome to this first episode of the second season of our podcast. We have had a really long summer break and now we're back with more sustainability in science for you. My name is Nicoline. And I'm Adriana. And in the next two episodes, we will focus on sustainable conferencing and air travel in academia. Air travel makes up a huge proportion of the total carbon footprint of many, if not all, academic institutions. Obviously, we're not flying for fun. We fly to conferences and meetings as a means to share knowledge, network, collaborate with other scientists all over the world. This is, of course, at the core of science. But one of the many things that the pandemic has taught us is that we can actually do a lot without flying and meeting in person. It's definitely not the same to meet over Zoom or via Teams, and most people probably miss the informal coffee chats and the human interactions, but online meetings can actually have some really remarkable benefits over physical meetings. To mention a few, online meetings leave behind a drastically lower environmental footprint, and they're also much more inclusive in many ways. For example, because their lower expenses enable the participation of scientists who are not so well off financially. So this is why the topic of today's episode is sustainable conferencing. Today, we have invited Victoria Lampinaki, who is heading the Sustainable Conference Initiative at the Company of Biologists. Welcome, Victoria. We're very happy to have you here. Would you be kind to introduce yourself to our listeners and maybe tell us about your role in the Company of Biologists? Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria. Currently, I'm working for the Company of Biologists as a Sustainable Conferencing Officer. The Company of Biologists is a non-profit academic journal publisher. I joined the company almost a year ago now, during the pandemic, actually. They had started with an initiative called the Sustainable Conferencing Initiative, which is about learning more on how to do sustainable events, especially since we are currently facilitating and we are holding journal meetings and workshops. We, we really wanted to understand how these events can be sustainable and then pass on the best practices and any type of information we might gather to other people in our community so that they can actually do it for themselves. Victoria, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the sustainable conferencing initiative and how did it start? How can people apply and what activities does it cover? Basically, the whole initiative started in September. It's all about us helping the community discuss and understand sustainability in events and how they can incorporate it or what platforms they might choose to learn more about it. We've seen a bit of a lack of information, if I can call it like that. So there weren't enough resources out there for people from the biological community to understand sustainability and go down that road. We created a website where you can actually find different resources, like pages of well-known organizations like the United Nations, where you can find information about the Sustainable Development Goals, and then kind of link it with the new technologies on virtual conferencing and virtual meetings. We have a blog where we write about specific issues in conferencing that have to do with sustainability and virtual conferencing. For example, how much CO2 emissions you might have from your physical event, which platforms might be the most useful according to your 
number of attendees and things like that. Most recently, we added a discussion forum because we had this feedback from our audience that it's all nice in Twitter, but it's very fast and we can't ask direct questions and have an answer in a kind of timely manner. So now we have a discussion forum up there that anybody can register and participate and ask questions and share ideas, best practices, thoughts. This is what we really want to do. We want to build a community that focuses on the sustainability and virtual technologies. On top of that, as the company biologists, we give funding for scientific meetings, for smaller meetings, for early career researchers to travel. We have a specific sustainable conferencing grant that anyone in the field of biology can apply and they will receive up to £2,500 to make, if they have an innovation on sustainability and virtual conferences, meetings, workshops, whatever your event might be. This is for anybody that has a cool idea, if I can call innovation like that, on how to make an event more sustainable. For example, we had some applications about pilot testing different platforms and different ways of doing virtual meetings because one of the things we really want to understand how it works and if it's actually worth it is hybrid meetings, you know, having different locations as hubs and working together because it takes time and the technical component of these is not the easiest for everybody. So we really want to support that and learn from the different people that apply for this grant. So this is the the initiative so far. We're hoping to get more people engaged and come in the, the website and the discussion forum and talk about their experiences. That's super nice. So it's like a hub of knowledge related to sustainable conferencing. So you don't have to look up experiences all over the place and find old Twitter threads. You can actually just go to this one website and, uh, and find a lot of information. We will, of course, put the, the link to your website in our show notes so the listeners can find it and hopefully get inspired. Yes. So as we all know, COVID has forced many events to become online. And during this time, we have definitely learned many valuable lessons about hosting online workshops, seminars and conferences. And I was wondering, how will that impact the future of conferencing? Well, I'm actually really positive about the future right now. I wasn't that positive nine months ago. (laughs) But um, I've seen a lot of discussions on sustainability and most of them come from people in academia that don't have the funds because it's it's a bit easier if you're a company and you're organizing professional events, it might be easier for you to do changes. So you might be more prone to thinking about these changes. But I'm really happy that I've seen people uh, with much more restrained resources to actually think about sustainability. So I'm really positive that there are going to be changes in the in-person events, like for example, actually discussing the whole food waste issue, which is a big issue. I think the, the most positive change that came, unfortunately, due to very bad circumstances of COVID, right, is that we understood that virtual is not a last solution It's not the last resort of events. So I'm really positive that we will keep this virtual side. We are all tired. We really want to go to events. But at the same time, I'm really positive that we can 
use this knowledge that we acquired right now from this past year and create hub conferences or hybrid conferences. For me, it started out as the, the best thing to do about all the environmental side of sustainability. But with hybrid conferences and virtual conferences, because they are quite similar in some ways, it, it is about inclusivity also. We have so many things going on every day, especially if you are, you know, if you're a researcher and you're doing things every day. Plus, on the on the top of that, you will have to travel somewhere and lose time over traveling and things like that. So, I think it's a really positive thing that we've learned that hybrid conferences and virtual conferences can really work, and this will bring us together. It will make sure that everybody can have access and they can at least try to learn more and discuss what they like in the research with other people that they might not have had the opportunity to actually meet physically. I'm looking at the future as something that will be definitely more sustainable and definitely more virtual mm -hmm. in a way. That's very nice. If I get you uh, correctly, then you think we will see many more virtual conferences, but the physical conferences will also be more sustainable. Yes, I would say that we will see more virtual conferences, well, virtual events, but they will definitely be in the hybrid side of things. I think it's super interesting that you mention inclusivity. I think one thing is, of course, that the, the travel expenses, the traveling time, all of that can actually make people not go. Uh, but some conferences are also really expensive, uh, not because the basic expenses are high, but because of the overnight stays and the food, two things that are actually not important for the scientific output, right? So I think I think the inclusivity yeah. is a really nice, uh, really nice point when we talk about virtual conferencing or virtual meetings. Yeah, I have worked in academia before, and I've been to the stage that some of the early careers are currently where you don't get that much funding to go and pre even if you get accepted in a conference. For example, in my area, which is sustainability, most conferences were targeted to professionals. The fee was high, the accommodation was high, the travel expenses and all things like that. And then you didn't have that much funding from your institution. That made a lot of us not go I definitely believe that having the virtual side of an in-person conference always there is one of the best things you can do for a lot of different people in academia because we do have this problem with funding. Getting your research out there and helping build meaningful relationships and promoting science, it's much more important than having the money to do it. So why not take advantage of this wonderful new era of technology and help everybody connect and communicate. So what do you think are challenges your initiative about sustainable conferences are facing right now? And how do you see solving these challenges? Well, I think we're going to need like a couple of hours. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think my first obstacle is psychology of people. The psychology of us wanting to communicate and wanting to network and the fact that we expect a virtual event 
to be exactly the same as an in-person one. So I had high expectations. I wanted to talk with everybody. I wanted to network. And then I realized that it's not, it's not going to be the same unless I actually change how I come in the, the virtual event and how I try to socialize. Because, for example, me as a person... I am really talkative and I really like the coffee breaks of conferences. I've made some of my best contacts there by randomly drinking coffee with people that I didn't know before. This is something that it is very different to do in a, a virtual event. But there are still options. There are breakout rooms. If you think that you go and talk to people that you don't know or are very big in your field, which always made me really nervous, a virtual event might actually be a bit easier because you can randomly go and talk to people and turn off your camera so you don't feel that weird feeling, oh, they're looking at me. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is the perception of people about virtual events. The second obstacle I've realized is that we are very shy when it comes to asking questions or starting a conversation. So I think that was like my second obstacle, starting the conversation, creating a community that really engages and doesn't really have to be asked a question. This is actually starting to become better since we are having a few different social media now, the Twitter and we've got the LinkedIn. So we, we are, we're starting to overcome this. So you see the community now being more active, asking each other questions, giving each other answers or recommendations. So it's not you pulling the whole train, so to say. <laughs> Is that correct? Yes, I, yeah. I think they've started talking now more without me trying to start the conversation. They do ask questions. The third obstacle is that it's hard to find data about the sustainability of conferences because only very recently, the professionals of this industry actually started calling it an industry. So we do not have that much data on how, you know, virtual conferences, what there are their emissions, why they have these emissions. So it's it's been hard to actually build a case on the sustainability of virtual conferencing. This is something that I'm still trying to see how it will work out, getting more data and getting more credible data to understand what is more sustainable to do. Yeah, it's a new field. It's great that you, you want to look into more objective data. Regarding the expectations, I think it's an important or like interesting point that you mentioned. When I used to go to conferences, it was also sometimes the fun part, not only the networking, but being in, in another country, sightseeing and so on. That definitely has changed, right? But some conferences were so busy that you didn't even have time to see the world outside of <laughs> the venue. So then it didn't really make sense to travel so far just to be in one venue the whole day. That's my personal opinion. But yeah, I think people are more aware of things and like COVID made people reflect a lot about traveling. And I can really see the shift in mentality and maybe the future, as you were saying, will be mainly virtual events, which are more inclusive. And then maybe, I don't know, once a year, one can go to a conference and the conferences will be either hybrid or they consider the food waste or the waste generated or the booklets that are printed out. Because in the end, they end up in the trash most of the time. 
I think in the end, what will be missed mostly about the conventional conferences that we all know uh, is the coffee breaks and the informal sessions and the time in the bar after the whole program is over, all those things. Not only is it fun and you don't have to use your brain really hardcore like in the many, many scientific sessions, but it's also, like you said, Victoria, where you might meet your new best contacts. It's a wonderful way to actually connect with people. But I'm also curious to see, I'm sure we will find not one-to-one alternatives virtually, but I'm sure we'll find means of, of getting to something similar and connecting with people where you're not just tuning in and watching people talk, but where you also interact with a lot of people in an informal way. So it'll be fun to see what comes out of the projects that you will fund, because people will test a lot of things, hopefully, and also then report on what worked well and what can be recommended for others when they do virtual or hybrid conferences. I really think that there are a lot of platforms out there. They've really stepped up their game. If you think about 2019 and the virtual tools we had back then, we were very much focused on a couple of tools, a couple of platforms that were probably already installed or given to us by our organization. And then they started creating more and more add-ons and different choices for you to incorporate in your meeting. So I can see that they actually stepped up their game and they've created a lot of different ways for us to socialize virtually, like breakout rooms. Some platforms offer the functionality of having a big overview where you can see the tables and you get randomly allocated to tables. You have the mic, you have the camera, and then you will have to socialize with other people. If you don't like that, then you can just move to another table, but at least it tries to mimic this whole interactions of randomly bumping into people and discussing. I'm not sure if it will ever reach the level of the actual physical interaction, but we shouldn't be expecting that. We should expect it to be as best as possible and working from there. With sustainability, for me, it's about finding alternatives. So I guess Mm. while we are working on getting better in virtual, we need at the same time to think about getting more sustainable because as you've already mentioned, Andriana, there are so many areas in in in-person events that should have been more environmentally friendly for decades now. So why not try and at least find ways to do it differently? And if they fail, they fail, but we've tried it. Some of us can't succeed with the first try, and that's okay. At least you can share what failed in your event, and, you know, I won't try it, and the next person won't try it, and we will try different things. It is finding the right balance. We need to understand that we need to reduce and understand our impact. At the same time, find the alternatives to make it a a hybrid version of what we used to do, a more sustainable version of what we used to do. Victoria, thank you so much for joining us today and explaining to us what you're doing and also how uh, how conferences can be more sustainable in the future and already are, of course. Thank you for having me. It's lovely talking to both of you and seeing you again. Thank you so much, Victoria. That was really nice. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to get in touch, please feel free to email us at podcast at avasustain.com. That is podcast at avasustain.com We have also put this email address and other useful links in the notes below this podcast. Till next time.